to see it today. Listen, uh, I want to tell you about this goal that we have here at Fellowship of Faith. It's kind of weird, it's kind of specific, and it often brings up more questions than anything. We have a goal here at Fellowship of Faith where we want to take 23.3% of all the offerings that come in. I know it's a very weird, specific number. 23.3%, not 23%, not 24%, 23.3% of everything that comes in our door. We want to send out our doors to various kinds of compassion initiatives and mission initiatives and, and, and outreach endeavors. And, and, and when I share this with people, but then they don't even realize this goal sits on our table, but when I share this with people, of course, it starts to raise all kinds of questions, doesn't it? Okay, A, maybe why. B, why that number? And what I want to talk about 3%. Because after I take you through this, it is going to have, I think, this cool matrix of the Bible for you. And more importantly, the significance of what it has to do with your own spiritual life. So let me jump in. Laws, this command that's given to the ancient peace people of Israel that they are supposed to tithe. Now, to just define our terms, tithe means 10%. So what this indicated is that the ancient people of Israel were made, meant to take 10% of, well, whatever, 10% of what they made. Their animals produced, and percent that they were supposed to take of their their produce and their flocks and their income and all the other ways that God had blessed them. They were to take this ten percent and give it over as some kind of offering or sacrifice or gift or maybe. Better. It was meant to be a way of God going, Israel. Do you actually trust? Do you actually believe that the earth is mine and everything in it and it's all at my disposal and that I will provide for you from it? Do you trust me? And it's really easy to say yes until God then says, give me then the first ten. Give me a tithe of everything you get, the first of your crops that come in. Give them to me, but God, I need them to eat. Do you trust me? Give me a tithe of your, your flocks and what they produce. But I need that offspring to sell at market or to use to produce more offspring. Do you trust me? Do you trust that I will provide for you? So at one level, this tithe was meant to be this act of faith, this, this demonstration of faith that people would show to God. But it was more than that. It was an act of love. It was a gift. It was a way to say, God, I love you. And don't you find that we tend to give gifts more to the people that we care about than the people that we don't? Like, how often are you, like, like in line at the bank, and someone's just, like, behind you, you know, and they're like, you know, you just like, like an amazing person. You, you know, I got this for you, hoping that I would find it. It doesn't happen, right? You are important to us. We love you. And we want to show it, not just by what we say, but we actually want to show this love to you so that we give 10% as this, this way of demonstrating this love for God. But it was more than that. It was also tribute. 
You see, ancient Israelites believed that the earth was the Lord's and everything in it. And therefore, if we are on it, we are renters, not owners. And that when they were in the promised land, that this place specifically was a place that was entrusted by God to them. And if it was the king's land, God's land, we owed him his due or rent to the owner of all things. But it was more than that. Because see, for God, it was meant to accomplish something else as well. It was meant to take his people from being interned, focused solely on themselves, to people with a heart and a compassion and attention, mechanism by which they would bless those in their community, those in their nation, those in need, those who are struggling. And so it forced them from being miserly people and forced them into a path of generosity. All of this stood behind this thing called the tithe. And it was this command that you can find would, would do for God. If you've been in like church circles for any period of your life, you've heard the tithe, right? Maybe you couldn't describe all that to me. Maybe you wouldn't know where to turn the Bible. But my bet is most people who have any kind of interface with, with the Christian world of some kind know this concept of the tithe. But what most people one tithe. In the Bible, you see three. That's what I want to show you today. Expression and a very different purpose and a very different time when Israel found themselves out of Egypt and in the desert, waiting to come into the promised land and inherit. God speaking through Moses says, I give to the Levites all Israel thought of themselves. Twelve different units, twelve different families, clans, and with that, twelve different ways of governing themselves. He would give them a land, good land. It's a land full of milk and honey. It's a land that's prosperous and bountiful. It's a land that is top shelf real estate. And God's like, I'm going to give it to you. It's each of your tribes. I'm going to apportion a specific part. And it will be yours in perpetuity. So much so that even if you had sold your land, rented out your land, lost your land because of debt or other issues, even built within the Old Testament code was provision that that land on a regular occasion, no matter what the reason, would be given back to you. And this promised land was given to the tribes of Israel, but not all twelve, only eleven. There was one tribe that didn't get any land. It was the tribe of Levi. Now, the Levites were selected for a very specific purpose in Israel because among all the tribes, it was from the Levites that priests were chosen.
to minister before what's called the tabernacle or tent of meeting, basically the place where God chose to dwell among Israel and in the center of his people. And while the Levites would live among all the different tribes ministering to the people, they would also minister in the place that God would choose, there at the tent where God would dwell. But they had no land. So God sets up a system. Every year, I want you to make a tithe. To take 10% of what you grow, what you produce, what you make. And I want you to give it to the Levites. What they do in the place where God dwells. So the worship life, the sacrifices, the tent of meeting could also be sustained. That's the tithe. Let's do it. Until you turn to Deuteronomy. Let me show you what it has to say. Here, it's at the end of 40 years, they're just a tithe. Each year. Eat the tithe. Eat it in the presence of the Lord your God, the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name. And it goes on to say, so that you will learn to revere his name. Eat there in the presence of the Lord and rejoice. And don't let But are you saying a problem, an issue, a difference? The temple, the government, their families, the system. Take that 10% of what you've grown, of what your animals have produced. See, dot, 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 it's words, not mine. And eat it there in the presence of the Lord and rejoice. Can I ask you? Okay, one person. No, no, that's it. I'm actually talking to you guys, right? You ever hosted something? Come on. You ever hosted a party? Now, a wedding, maybe. in which you invest 10% of throwing that party, and then everyone you know being commanded to throw the exact same level of party and all doing it together in one place. And gather together in one place and throw a party? Can I just ask, would you like to Gather together in one place, the place that I will choose. Spend it. And you throw a party. Why? Because you will you learn to revere this party, humanly imaginable. And so when you read Deuteronomy, you get this different tack. Wait, it seems to say I'm supposed to take 10%, but I'm supposed to go to the place that God will choose. Jerusalem. First tithe. Second tithe. But for those who seriously want to follow the laws of God, what do you do? Let's throw another one. At the end of every three years, bring all the tithes of that year's produce and and the widows who live in your towns may come and together. Do it in your neighborhood. Do it out of your home. Do it in your community. For the immigrants, for the widows, who find themselves in that exact same place and throw, because as you sow, you will reap. And the Lord expressions. 
Numbers seem to describe one time where we give 10% to the Levites to run the, the tabernacle of Jerusalem and have this party beyond all parties together and blow the roof off. But then Deuteronomy goes on to say that every three years there's almost a third that's meant to provide for those who are there. And let me ask you the question again. If you are an Israelite trying to take seriously the laws and the commands of God, which door do you choose? Door number one? Now it can be argued that all three of these tithes I show you are, are, are various expressions of the same 10%. That the 10% number doesn't change. But can I ask you, as I'm walking you through this today, are you not seeing a value? Well, I feel like I should be doing all three. I see the importance, the necessity of cricket to engage at some level in all three. Israel, who loved God, wanted to trust God, wanted to be generous people, and wanted to live according to His way and His truth. I won't choose. I'll do all three. Ten percent to support half and means so much to me. Another ten percent. What a party. Celebrating with my brother and the place that he will choose in the third tithe. A third, a third of a third. Helping those in my own community. Helping those who have so little. Helping those in need. And if you're doing the math here today, what you're seeing is 10% plus 10%, which equals 23.3%. Because here at Fellowship of Faith, we want to be a church trust God more deeply. Not just to talk about it, but to actually do it. More deeply. We want to be a church that we need. And so taking this pattern from the Old Testament, we be a church where 23.3% of all that comes in our doors goes out to very as we learn to revere the Lord our God. Take you by. Tobit says, I would hurry off to Jerusalem and tie. Not doing it quite the same. We get spirit. And I'm going to straight into Jerusalem. As people of God, we need more Tobit in our life. The sacrifice of giving more of ourselves to the Holy God. In your devotion, your faith, speaking loves of this world, and having your heart tuned more and more, serve them the same way. See, this goal is that the way of trust and devotion and generosity would not be something that we lead to the same quest. Now, I should say at this point, the reason we picked 23.3% here at Fellowship has nothing to do with the legalistic pursuit of an ancient code given to a people back then. No, benchmark. And I find that each of us need benchmarks. And I ask each of us anywhere, without tangible, measurable goals, without solid goals to hold ourselves to, and without solid, tangible benchmarks in our lives, I find we rarely through when it would be easier to give up, or give in 23.3, how 
are we growing in real, actual ways in devotion? What's your benchmark? How are you growing in tangible expressions of love and trust and devotion and compassion with God today? Or are you leaving it just to when you feel like it? There's an expression we have here at FOF. It's part of our red monitor. I've seen some of our stuff on it. But it says this at one point. Re-give. A life of faith means giving back to Discipleship means giving the first of what we receive in proportion to what where we continually become more generous and more sacrificial with our time and also our money. Towards the church, our families, and the needs of others in this world, we find this a challenge. We find this a joy. Because it is, it's a challenge. I can tell you, as the person who leads this church, we have found this such a challenge here. You think when you would be dealing with institutions, and it's often hard, there have been times that we have seen what's been going out of our doors going, can you imagine what we can make? How our entire mortgage could be paid off in a few short years. It's actually a dangerous But then we check ourselves. We ask ourselves this. But at what cost? At what cost? Would it be worth it at the cost of becoming for itself? Whose sole purpose is to fuel its own machine? Which chooses instead disobedience to God? What good does it do? What, what, what good does it do a man, Jesus asks, to gain the whole world? And in four turns twenty-three point three percent. Let me ask you today. Clear in this room. When you actually think about it, it's tough. You know, the car that you could be driving or the boat, the victory you play on, or any number of other joy-filled cars. It's easy to look at that and go, what are we doing? But let me ask you. Passion and the replacement of generosity will sell more and yet forfeit your soul. For me, it's easy to think of generosity as a one and done. Generosity is something I did. I accomplished you and calling you to discover more and more what that life of faith yourself out there into what is your 23. You pursue that quest today. Brings us to this. The ladder. Because as we wrap this up today, to embark on this way of life of continually becoming more generous with God. Now, those of you who have been here at FWF growing in that generous spirit, it starts at the floor. And at some level, the floor represents to others. Share with others. Maybe even to God. But for most people, it exists in a moment kind of way. Maybe you're here today, and I'm describing you. You are someone who is on the floor. What is the next step for you? 
Because God meets us exactly where we're at, but is the next step for you. Well, what I found for most people is that it's this. Coming right here. Coming right here. Can you see? Can you see the stage right? Alright, can you imagine if you can? Just see you What does it look like to become regular? Sounds like a bit of a useful commercial, I know. Well, what does it look like to become regular? To go from someone God in a regular kind of way. Then every week or every paycheck or once a month to give regularly in some kind of way. Maybe that is the step for you. And if that's the step you need to make today, I encourage you to take a step into a new place. A step for a while, that every week or every time you get paid or whatever, you, you put this, you put that, you know, give to someone or help someone or, or to give the church whatever it is. What's the next step for you? What I found for most people is it's stepping to here. Proportionately. It's still getting regular, but now it's getting proportionately. That instead of just giving what I have on hand, instead of giving what I just have left over from after, I would like to set an actual amount or an actual percentage. Say, Lord, I'll give 1%, 2%, 3%, whatever, whatever it is for you. God, what, what does it look like? I love you. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're in this regular kind of place. No, God will meet you exactly where you're at. But here is a call. Up one more scary step. This kind of person he's called you to. Maybe you've been here. Maybe you're doing this. Maybe you've been on the step. Can I just ask this guy about with you? For a lot of people, is that it's this. First fruits. It's an agrarian term. It means the first portion of leftovers. Instead of what I have in the end, instead of making sure everything else is covered, God, the first of what I get, I will give back to you because God, this stinks. I trust that I can take what you have given me and give it back to you because you will provide. Are you trusting God with your giving today? Are you trusting God with your life today? Maybe learning to make it a faith act instead of a leftover act. <laughs> what has God done with me at step three? And so if I'm living a life of faith, if so I'm living to trust in Him, if so I'm hoping that people bought matter security, <laughs> what is the next step for you? One singular tithe, taking regularly the first 10% of all you've given me. Here it is. I give it back to you. Christian, and come to this place, and God is done with them there. Is God done with you yet? Because at least from my vantage point, there's more steps in the ladder here. To hold on white knuckle. <laughs> to trust that God has you.
for beyond what is your 23.3, one of the greater levels of trust and generosity that God calls you to right here. See, wherever you are on this ladder, yeah, I'm happy to come back. As I'm walking this ladder, it keeps going up. God ain't done. But the problem people do is they think that when they start from the floor, I mean, Standing only in your grace, hoping only in your Son. 